Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We've just been playing some phone tag with our guest, but we got it all set up. Diane Francis uh, is with me. I've known Diane for a long time and uh, talked to her many times about the issues facing this country and the one to the south of us. Uh, Diane Francis uh, is the writer of an op-ed that I found very interesting a couple of days ago in the Financial Post. Canada is a lightweight nation. She's a journalist, as you know, author, editor-at-large for the National Post, senior fellow at the Atlantic Council in Washington, D.C., and an expert on Canada and Canada-U.S. relations. How are you, Diane? I'm good, and I'm sorry. It was all my fault. Uh, I had my runner off on my cell phone. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> anyway, we're here. Yeah, we kept calling and calling and calling, and you oh, called the dear. studio. It's you know something. We should write. I can write a book on things that have happened with the phones, in on a, on a talk show where we rely on 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 live. But this is the way I have to do it. I feel like we need to do it live because that's immediate for the listeners and for the guest and for me, and it works better that way. Anyway, in the op-ed, and uh, we can tell our, our listeners where they can subscribe to your newsletter, which is dianefrancis.substack.com, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's not Diane Francis Substack. It'll take you to the site. All right, Diane Francis Substack. Okay. So Canada is a lightweight nation, and you begin the, the piece with OPEC cutting oil exports and Canada doing what, particularly after the German delegation with Chancellor Schultz, who came to this country looking for LNG export assurance and left with a non-binding agreement to export hydrogen beginning in 2025 from Newfoundland from a planned, plant rather that doesn't even exist and a technology which is far away from being ready. So please pick, pick up the ball, Diane. Well, yeah, uh, basically, I, I've been frustrated, and I, I think a lot of most Canadians have been with the with the bunch that are in Ottawa and has been there since 2015. The prime minister is a lightweight. We know that. He's done, I think, a lousy job with the country economically. And, you know, he's, he's mishandled, uh, certainly, um, the economy when it comes to taking care of our oil and gas industry, which is, whether we like it or not, the most important industry in the country. Uh, what really, I think, has grated a lot of people, and I think really brings it home, what we're dealing with here, how inept, is that we, there's a war going on with Russia in Ukraine. The whole world is involved in it. Canada has not only been a laggard in terms of helping NATO or sending over things to help the Ukrainians, unlike the Europeans and the Americans, but Germany is trying to find other sources of energy supply because it stupidly allowed itself to become completely dependent on the Russians. And, of course, we know how that all turned out. Uh, Canada has one of the largest reserves of natural gas in the world and probably the second or third biggest oil reserves in the world. And the German chancellor came to meet with Trudeau uh, and said, look, we've got billions of dollars. We need LNG, liquefied natural gas. What that is is they take gas, they liquefy it by taking it down to free, below freezing temperatures, put it in a tanker, ship it across the ocean to a place where they can take it out of the tank and gasify it again and put it into their pipelines. This is 
the lowest emissions of any fossil fuel, about a third of the emissions of oil and, you know, God knows, a tenth of coal. The, the Germans came with money. They know what they're doing. And the Americans have, and the Australians have stepped up, and Qatar and Norway have stepped up to the plate by increasing enormously their LNG shipments and facilities to help Europe. And it's not just Germany. Germany was just the hub. We're talking about all of Central Europe, Southeastern Europe, parts of France, Spain, and so on. They all need LNG because they don't want to be dependent on Russian oil or gas. And so they've all stepped up. He had a check, a blank check. And our prime minister said there wasn't a business case for it. So we're not really interested in it. They signed up this phony deal about hydrogen, as you said, you know, which is not practical and certainly not within the ability of Canada to do yet or anybody, and walked away. It's yeah. not a business deal. Yeah. Two or three days later, Chancellor Schultz went to Australia and signed a 30-year LNG deal with the Australians for tens of billions of dollars a year. Okay? That is what we're dealing with. That, to me, if, that, if, if he was the CEO of a public company turning down a business deal like that, he would have been fired. Yeah. You know, we've, we've spoken quite regularly with uh, Professor Thierry Bro in Paris, and he's the former head of energy security for the whole country of France. And he's on this program a lot. He was on with us yesterday, and he was essentially saying, we need our allies, our friends in Canada. And he tweeted it out at the Roy Green Show. He tweeted it. We need our friends in Canada to step up and provide us, our ally, our ally to provide us with the natural gas that we need, that the continent needs. And yet we're sitting on our hands. And I, I, Diane, I always go back to this particular quote by the prime minister at one of his town halls. We can't shut down the oil sands tomorrow. Uh, we need to phase them out. We need to manage the transition off of our dependence on fossil fuels. Uh, that is going to take time. And in the meantime, we have to manage that transition. There you go. And, you know, well, there's, there's that, right? But, but there's also the word transition. And the whole idea, if you're going to go to renewables from oil and gas, then there's a transition period. And it's how you manage that transition that matters. He's talking about managing getting rid of the oil sands, not about transitioning from oil and gas to renewables. So he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Look, it's a joke. This is exactly what started the war, was this mentality. Greenpeace and Greta... We're hammering away at Europe to go renewable. Germany bought it hook, line, and sinker. They closed down all but three of their 20 nuclear plants, which were very well run and very safe. And what did they do instead? They built wind and they built solar, but the wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine. You cannot rely on renewables. You cannot store the energy. You cannot store it in advance. You have to have a base load of, of electrical power supply, and they were using Russian gas. Guess yeah. what? Yeah. And that is where Russia said, aha, now we've got Germany buying all the gas we want to sell. We can cut off the pipeline to Europe that goes through Ukraine, and then we can invade it. That was the whole game. I wrote about this eight years ago. Everybody knew this was the game. The stupid Germans, probably some of them corrupted, went ahead and did this 
And now, of course, they're reopening their nuclear and they're burning coal. Yes, okay. they are. And, and they've so, issued gas, gas drilling uh, licenses offshore. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they should be doing fracking. They should be doing fracking. Anyway, so the point is, this is the same mentality that we have running our show in Ottawa, that Greta and Greenpeace know best. Well, thank goodness he didn't listen or doesn't have control over the provincial utilities because Ontario has done the right thing by going full on with nuclear and we have the cleanest energy grid in the world, yeah. in Ontario. But but this this crazy thing about oil and gas, and the other thing, too, is that in a transition to renewables, the best one is natural gas because it's one-third the emissions. Yeah. And those emissions, by the way, are getting cleaned up through technology, too, and oil emissions. Another example, when when OPEC, about a week and a half ago, decided to jam up the prices to help Russia and Saudi Arabia get even with the Americans for whatever reason, okay? Where was our prime minister? He should have been on the phone saying to President Biden, we'll give you another one or two million barrels a day. Don't worry. We'll get it going in months. Did he do that? Of course not. We also have the situation in British Columbia where David Eby is now going to be the premier. And Mr. Eby has said that in the first 100 days of his tenure as premier, he's going to um, make sure that the oil and gas infrastructure doesn't grow anymore. As I understand it, there's subsidies that are going to likely disappear. It's going to be very interesting to see what Mr. Eby does when he becomes the premier of British Columbia. It doesn't sound he's going to be as pragmatic, and he was pragmatic, as John Horgan was on this issue. But it's it's a mess. The country – look – we were supposed to, weren't we, Diane, 10 years ago, we were supposed to be the source for oil and gas for our allies, for the Western world. We were going to be the, the dependable source for ethically produced fossil fuels. And they're not going away overnight, no, not overnight, no matter how many people want to wish that so. It's not going to happen. And Putin is this winter, when it's cold in Europe, going to play that natural gas card again. Yeah, so what I wrote a newsletter, my last newsletter on Substack. I called it Fortress North America. And the war and Russia has changed everything, except the minds of idiots. Yeah. Like the ones we have running our country and like other countries. Okay, here's here's the point. Mexico, Canada, and the United States are the only regional trading economic bloc, political bloc, if you like, that is comprised of three gigantic energy source countries. What we should be doing, and the way the world is going to divide as a result of one of the ramifications of the war, is going to be that countries will align themselves based on who can give who energy security of supply. Okay, yep. it's not going to be. It's not going to be anything else. So we have a continent that could produce enough LNG to help Japan, Korea, even China, India, and Europe. We have that capability. We have the capital. We have the know-how, and we have the reserves. And we could also be exporting oil if we needed to or wanted to. And I think we should, because oil is going to be around to make plastics and pharmaceuticals and as a transportation fuel by the by the international forecasters 
until the end of the century, not maybe in the same amount. So what I'm saying is that, you know, we've got this fortress North America could save the world from, from despots like Saudi Arabia and Russia and anybody else sitting on a pile of fossil fuels and wants to conquer the world with it. And we are remiss if we don't do this. Diane, let's, the military side of things, we have a responsibility to NATO. We're a signatory. We're supposed to we're supposed to dedicate 2% of GDP to NATO. When we look at the military equipment that our country has, that we provide our frontline fighters with, our frontline military with, it's embarrassing and it's dangerous to them a lot of the time. We have some good ships, but our Air Force, again, fighter planes that are 50 years old. Yeah, we have a, a Navy. We have more coastline than almost any other country in the world and our Navy smaller than Sri Lanka's. We don't have any any uh, military-scale icebreakers in the Arctic, okay? We don't have anything up there. We have completely done nothing because we have never spent more than 1% uh, in terms of our defense, on our, on our own defense. And look, it's not about, you know, being in a club called NATO, although NATO helps protect us too. You know, it works both ways. But it's also the fact that, you know, when you're a government, you're like a parent, and you're supposed to protect your children. And we are very vulnerable, except for the fact that the Americans take care of everything and don't charge us, which is probably going to change eventually, unless we start to pony up. So what we had happen last December, which was, was pretty embarrassing, and I was the only one to write about it, was leaked to me that the Department of National Defense, before the election, um, made a deal, uh, finalized a deal that was in the offing for a couple of years uh, with the Pentagon to take over the Arctic. So the Americans are doing it. Um, is that a loss of sovereignty? Kind of. Yep. Uh, because we have we have neglected to do what we should be doing. And of course, with Russia militarizing the Arctic in the last five years in anticipation of what it's doing now. And for us to have done nothing up there is 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 irresponsible toward Canadians and irresponsible toward NATO. So the Americans are taking care of it. They've given us, delivered a bill of $14 billion that we've got to pay for because we've neglected the monitoring devices and we have to pay our fair share. I don't know how we're going to pay for that, but that's going to have to be paid for. And the British now have submarines in the Arctic <clears throat> because the British submarines we bought are 40 years old and can't stay under the sea ice for more than minutes. Yeah, they can submerge. It's the, it's the uh, re-emerging that's a problem with those those old subs. And that's, and that's look, not a joke. You know, Roy, that's quite literally I'm not, true. Right. I'm not coming from a place where, you know, we want a big, strong bunch of guys so we can be tough guys. That's not what we want. But, you know, good heavens, we're being protected by the Americans. Yes, we are. And by NATO. And we're not pulling our weight. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, it's the mentality. And they're telling us, Diane, they're telling us now. That we have running our country. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.